Hello, hello, this is Tracy Harrell, and welcome to Bigger Than Me. Each week, we focus on how to achieve your definition of success and happiness. On Bigger Than Me, we bring together a combination of ageless wisdom, the latest research, and engaging interviews with amazing people who are sharing their stories to help each of us achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Let's do this. All right, all right, let's do this, people. All right. I am so excited today. (laughs) I have a room full of people. When I say it's bigger than me, Mm -hmm. this is what I mean by it's bigger than me. We have a community of amazing women and handsome gentlemen on the phone. Let's see if I can bring you back up. Uh, And we're all here because we're changing the community. On this show, we talk about intention. We talk about people who want to make the world a better place. And I have some amazing people who are doing that. And we're doing this right now. We're doing it in such a serious way. Let's just see. Hey, East Coast. How are you doing? Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. So the first person, as we do, we have to introduce our elders first. So That's it true. is my honor and my pleasure to first of all introduce Representative Don Mason. Hi, Tracy. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. How I, are you? You know, you know how much I love and adore you. And, and yes. And I'm excited about this great work that's happening. Tell us about Rainier Valley Leadership Academy, because you guys are actually changing. We're doing amazing things. I know you are. So here's a school that got built right behind my house as the energy would go. And so it's right behind my house. It's a charter school. I was one of the first representatives to um, sponsor a charter school bill years ago when I was in the legislature. And um, so then there's a school, and I look, and I wasn't paying much attention, and we find that the organization that was managing the school had closed two of their schools. So here's a third one, a new one, and they bought the same team that was managing the closed schools. This one, I says, oh, I don't think so. (laughs) So we have a conversation with the Charter um, Association, Washington Charter Association and the Charter Commission. So we had a meeting over at Black Dot Underground, which is affiliated I'm with. Holiday um, and I work with Africa. Um, and so we're, with um, we're over gra- uh, Black Dot Underground, which is affiliation of Africa Town. And Africa Town, of course, that we know is the resurgence of the African American community out of a gentrified community. Yeah. So all towns need a school. So we need a Rainier Valley Leadership Academy. So what? Um, Green Dot couldn't do doesn't mean that we can't do it. So they agreed to transition out, and we came in with a correction. And so the first thing you need for a correction is a leader. So we Mm. hired um, Dayon Coleman, who you'll hear from. Mm. But the thing is that what we had to do is build a community. If it's going to be a standalone community school, what community? So we're building a community called, we refer to ourselves as a collaborated community of clear-thinking um, contributors. I love that. To the a collaborated community of clear thinking contributors to the excellence of the education of our children. So I'm not going to talk a lot, but we have a national recruitment. You'll hear from Rachman Brandt, who is here from D.C. We have people from Louisiana. So uh, the bandwidth in Seattle is not large. So we're using the Gates Foundation model, and Gates is helping to fund this. I lo- I, first of all, let's pause real quick because we got to give the Gates Foundation yes, a yes. huge, huge round of applause. I know there's more work yes. that we're going to be so doing meeting, with the Gates. Huge. Right, in meeting with the Gates Foundation people, when we spent several months talking about this, 
is would they put in the same um, funding levels that they put into the failed model? And they said yes. So the thing about it is now, in order to get people to do what you want, you have to show your accomplishment. Mm. So we have spent the last seven months building this collaborative community of excellence. Mm -hmm. So the Washington Charter um, Commission has approved it, and Gates Foundation is funding the corrections. And so it. we've brought in an assessor out of New York. Uh, Jamal Young came in and did assessment. So we're building a new board. We have new board members <sighs> from the community. And it's all positive. Dr. Maxine Mims has put her stamp yes, of love yes. and elderhood approval yes. on this. And we will have a model that the world will come to see of how we are educating our children. In January of 2018, the Seattle Times wrote an article that the gap of uh, academic outcome for African-American children has widened over 40 years, and no solution has worked. The reason there's no solution, they were solving the wrong problem. Mm. So what is the problem? Our, they were educating children to become workers. Mm. So that's why African-American children were at the bottom and white children were at the top. They were the nation builders, and we were the workers. When you go to Kenya, I spend a lot of time in Kenya, all the children are brilliant. Why? Mm. Because they're educating children to build the nation. Mm. So we're now educating, rather than just be workers, is to build a community for themselves. And it's going to work. It's working already. Right now, people, you know, is looking. When we open our doors next year, I'm sure there'll be a waiting list. Everyone's going to want to be there because <laughs> we're really yes. working hard. So thank you for having us here. I'm You'll hear excited. a lot about all of this. Uh, as a former state representative working with young people, I'm an elder of distinction yes. in our community. And the other thing is we've had past generations not willing to pass the baton. Mm. I delegate. Mm. I just delegate it. To Erica, hear something. We just whispered something. Mm -hmm. I said, "You won't hear from me again. You got this." <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So that's it. I, I, I love this, and we, we kind of. There's so much we're gonna do, and we need to talk about as it relates to the the school, Rainier Valley Leadership Academy. So this is the first of many visits. Okay. So I just need for the audience to know that part of what we're doing today, when I say we use technology, community, and positive psychology to help good people do great things, these. Are, and this is an example of people who are being intentional. This is an example of us basically igniting a community together to really change things for generations to come. You've heard me talk about this work. This is my passion project because mm -hmm. we can change things. Yes, we can. We decide that we can change things. And we also talked about a partnership that we're yes. building with the National Black MBA Association. Yes. How we're bringing That's the, very exciting. the leaders of tomorrow into your school yes. as a part of the curriculum and the Leaders of Tomorrow program. We're going to talk about that. I'll show a video, I think, later on. There's so much to talk about. We're or, going the to have, or, or the next time. Or the next time because we're actually going to invite a number of other presidents from other chapters to talk about Leaders of Tomorrow because that's what you're building. You're building Leaders of Tomorrow. And with the National Black MBA Association, we have a program that basically has a high 90% success rate of getting youth that where no one in their family has ever gone to college to graduate from college. This is around... Again, changing the, the mindset of not only that child, but their family right. as well. It's, it's a beautiful right. thing. So I'm super excited right. about it. The well, other I, thing that you're going to yes. see here and hear here is how the historical black college models yes. play in this. The principal went to historically black colleges. I went to one. Tanisha has gone to one. And so for 167 years, African-Americans have been preparing our children to enter college and complete. 
and the and it's been self-determined and decolonized. And it's so beautiful. I've had I've had a student on my on my show. The closest thing I have to a, a child, my best friend, her son went to HBCU. Hmm. He also was part of the Leaders of Tomorrow program with the National Black MBA Association, and he also says there's no experiences that he would have changed. He would not have replaced Never it. He, you, you, yeah. you, you, it changes you. It changes you, mm -hmm. and also adds a level of accountability. Yes. So I have to be perfectly honest. I spent 25 years in corporate America. I've said this before, eight years at IBM, 14 years at Disney, my last five at Microsoft. And when I came out of Microsoft, it was because of some state of the black professional think tank that we did as a part of, a part of the National Black MBA Association. We know that things aren't much better now than they were 40 years ago. So we could keep talking about it or we can activate as a community. And I have to admit, I've gone into a bit of a, a, a hibernation to build these community relationships. Now we're coming out like a phoenix. Like yes. a phoenix, yes. because I found my people. There's right? so much we can do together. Together. Yes. And Once we're we actually going to be yeah. doing this work. I've connected with at least 17 different community organizations in the last month that are mm -hmm. all, and we've talked for, 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 for a couple of years on building these partnerships, mm -hmm. but we all want to change the status quo. Yes. We all want to do this work. So we're actually going to hopefully get Gates to fund an initiative that we're calling Black Unity Success Summit. Mm. That means every month we're all coming together, just like we did with this Africa Town yes. concept. Yes. You guys do this every year, and it was magnetic. There was a room. We're gonna, I'm going to show a quick video for those of you who did not attend this, and then I'm going to have you guys talk a little bit about it, and we'll kind of circle back around. But we went. We attended the State of Africa Town 2020, which I would not have known about had it not been for my dear friend, Representative Don Mason. Thank you for sharing this. But it was the seventh annual event. I'm going to show a quick video. I'm going to show like six minutes right. of this video, which actually introduced right. you. And the whole thing is on Seattle Channel. So if people go to Seattle Channel and, and keyword a state of Africa town 2020, every year it's on there. But this year it's, 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 it's up now. I love it. I love it. They videotape it. So, Mike, let me know if you are ready. I'm getting a nod. That's a good thing. I could play it from the beginning. I think I will, actually. I think I'm just going to play it from here. It's a beautiful thing. Community Land Trust. Uh, we, yeah, we are here. We thank you guys for coming. Um, thank you for your patience. We're going to get right into it. I'm going to go right into the intro with Tim Lennon, the Executive Director of Langston. Thank you, Trey, and thank each and every one of y'all for being here today. My name is Tim Lennon again. I am the executive director here at Langston, and on behalf of Langston, the Langston Hughes Performing Arts Institute, the City of Seattle's Office of Arts and Culture, our partners here in the building, I want to welcome you to our home for arts and culture in the Central District, Seattle, Langston Hughes Performing Arts Center. Um, I want to just give a real shout out to the elders and the youth in the room. Can we give, a, give it up for these folks? Um, the, the shoulders on which we stand uh, and, and the seeds that, are, that we are here to nurture and grow. And it so warms my heart to see this intergenerational exchange. We are rebuilding the Central District. We are rebuilding the black community. Um, and it's going to take everybody in this room and everybody y'all know working together to make that happen. On the arts and culture front, there's a renaissance happening in this neighborhood. All right. The Central District Forum for Arts and Ideas. Shout out to Sharon Williamson over here in the front. Wanawari happening over here on 24. Africatown's been holding it down, you know that. Yes. 
Um, we've got buildings now. We've got centers of cultural life, and this is right at the heart of that. And I'm honored to be a part of that personally, and just so grateful for you all to have made all that possible. So without any more on that note, I want to bring up the esteemed and honorable Ms. Dawn Mason to lead us into today's programming. Thank you all. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I'm not walking well. Uh, April 14th, I'm getting a new hip. Hey. Hey. We thank the divine for modern medicine. Yeah, I don't think we were supposed to live this long. <laughs> Our parts aren't wearing out. Well, again, um, this community, um, I'm not really surprised, but it um, humbles me that we come together like this every year to um, celebrate ourselves and hear what it is that we're accomplishing. This is not a... Um, Remember we used to have those meetings, it was open mic and everyone would get up and talk for hours complaining about something they weren't gonna do anything about themselves, remember that? <laughs> we don't do that anymore. So, um, uh, I'd like to uh, invoke actually what we do. Um, everyone here knows who Marcus Garvey is, one of the greatest men in uh, America, one who was despised by America but you notice his name lives on and that's what we live for. And um, yeah, that's what we live for, that our name can live on in some good way. Well, he said, and I'm gonna paraphrase his philosophy, one of his philosophies, he says that, do not go to the strong for justice while you are still weak, but hasten and pray. Come together with people of like minds we're here together, people of like minds. Accomplish something. Show your good works by which people will voluntarily respect you. And I have to say that when we think of Africatown, Africatown is coming together with people of like minds, showing its good work and the respect is coming. The funds are coming, no begging. We don't have to go and beg for justice. Because if we can do that, a lot of people talk about what they're gonna do if they had the money, they're gonna do it if somebody else does it for them. Mm -mm. Just show your good works and people will voluntarily respect you. Uh, we're gonna have Rainier Valley Leadership Academy up here. That's something that we worked on this year. A hard work, but we came together. I call it a collaborated community of clear-thinking African-Americans. How's that sound? <laughs> so RVL Academy is a charter school that was uh, colonized. Many of our charter schools are colonized. Whites come in, our children bring in an apportionment, uh, and they get money from the state. And we, you know, that's what colonization is, is using, utilizing the resources of others for your good. And the, those running the school didn't even live in our community, so all the money left the community. So um, we decided we should do, and we is, when I say we, it was White King and I. I said, so should we do this, White King? He says, yes. And we asked um, Dr. Maxine Mims and Royal Alley Barnes to come to the school to decide if this is something that we wanted to run our own school with dignity and excellence. And we decided yes, and uh, Bayon 
Coleman will be up here to, with the children in a minute. So this is our school that we will support. And um, the children are brilliant. It's 97% African-American. And Somali, mainly Somali, is the African children, uh, immigrant children there. And they had not hired any black teachers. How are all white people going to teach 400 black students? And not one person can speak Somali and does not understand that complex culture. It didn't make a bit of sense. And it didn't make any sense for us to allow it. Mm. See, they didn't really come. We took, we voluntarily took our children to them. They didn't come and steal them or kidnap them. Mm -hmm. So now we have a school and we have an excellent leader and we're bringing what we call, they transitioned out and the commission approved that and approved our correction. So we're the correction team. We have a correction team to correct what was wrong with what was going on with the education of our children. I just wanted to give a Okay, okay. Oh my God. That was so powerful. Dog Mason in the house. Can we give our, our distinguished representative Dog Mason in the house? That place was lit up. This is how we started out Africatown mm -hmm. 2020 yeah. with our distinguished elder coming in and actually sharing what we know to be true and really creating a platform or showcasing a platform where we can all be a part of a change. Yeah. It's very, very, extremely exciting. John, any, any words? I'm going to go to the video where we talk about all um, I have to say Beyond is talks about. I cannot do the work I do if you do not do the work that you must do. Mm. If I do not pass the baton. So in passing baton, I have to, if I pass it, and in passing baton when you're running track, I put the baton down and your hand is up. So we have all these next generations and next generations with their hand up. Too often, our gen my generation didn't pass the baton. So we lost. Yeah. We lost. I can't do this work. I can only delegate. You hear what I said? I need a new hit. So I <laughs> want to applaud the next generation, the Bayons, the Tynesis, the Ericas, the Tracys, the Trays, who are willing to take that baton and go. I'm ready. And then we just keep doing it. So as an elder of distinction of Africatown and a former state representative of the state of Washington, I applaud each of you for being willing to say we have to do this work and being willing to come together in a collaboration, not individually. We have must do it in concert. It has to be a collaboration. That's really my focus. I'm actually transitioning out of the role as president for the National Black MBA Association. And I have to admit, it's been a little lonely actually in that role because no one actually got this concept of colonization. You're in corporate America and you're colonized a bit, right? There, there's some of that happening as well. Because when you define colonization, you say we're utilizing our resources for the betterment of others. Yeah. So what we're trying to do now is to say if you're in one of those corporate roles, if you're in whatever, if you're a teacher, whatever your role is, we now have Africatown. We now have RVLA. We have Rainier Valley Leadership Academy where you now have an opportunity to bring your resources to the betterment of our community for our youth. We have a place. We're bringing leaders of tomorrow. Yeah. We're bringing each of us. We now have a place where we can go and funnel mm -hmm. all of our greatness into a place where our kids will be the beneficiary. Yes. That's exciting. And when we show that good work, the money will come, and exactly. they, show, like they say, build a field, and they will come. <laughs> exactly. So build a school, and they will come. Don't worry. Everyone keeps worrying about enrollment. Some people are leaving. We'll find. They'll be back. 
we left Seattle. Absolutely. Now we can't get back. So they can leave RPLA <laughs> if they want. They may not be able to get back because we expect a waiting list. See, exactly. Now, what I love this, so you can see the image here. I have Joaquin. So we don't. We have him actually ending a a. Uh, so if you can come back to this real quick, Mike, to the screen, tight on the screen. So we actually are going to go to the the part of this presentation where RVLA and Bay Bayonne and Tanisha, you guys talked about the school mm -hmm. and your your key priorities with the school. But I just wanted to. I couldn't do the state of Africa town recap as relates to RVLA, without showing this man's face. Can we give him some props yes. about all the great yes. stuff that he's doing in Africa-Town? Somebody tell me about, give me, give, just I'm going share. to allow you to bring him on, and you, oh, you I can plan tell to. the audience I, himself. I'll plan to. So I'll keep all I have to know is I walked up to him about four years ago, and I said, what is the best and highest use of a former state representative for you, White King? He says, help me build Africa-Town. Mm. I said, you got that. Mm. And so what I bring is influence. All right, and now. And I bring some knowledge and experience. And relationships. I have respected relationships throughout this state, throughout this country. And I can give it as I want. And But I only give it to those who are really committed. Mm. I call them abolitionists, whether they're white <laughs> or black. Right. This means that you bring your all right. to this. To Willing the to give it all. For the, yeah. e for the excellence of our children. You know, my name is Tracy Harrell, T-H. My middle name is Harriet Tubman. Tracy Harriet Tubman Harrell. T H T H. I'm making that up. But that's I what people say. <laughs> Please show me. Set my people <laughs> free. Set my people free. Are you with me, yeah. Tracy? That's the, that's what I've adopted. Yeah. That is my middle name. Because I'm on a mission to, yeah. to really make things better. So, so I'm gonna press play. White oh, yeah. King on and he can tell you about this again, a national model that totally. everyone is looking at the community, uh, the land trust. The other thing yeah. besides having correcting the education of our children, but the ownership of the buildings that they are apportionments from the state buy and build. Yeah. It yes. should not be in the hands of others. It should be in a, a land trust. And if we use the land trust model, we will stop using land because it might be just a moment in time you get a board right. that says, oh, we're going to sell this. But if it's in a land trust, forever we know it stays within community. I, I love that. And the other thing that White King said at the end of this session that got us all really excited, which is why the work I've started with Black MBA, I feel like, again, there were so many people in the community that wanted to do similar things. What he said is when you create these community, these collaborations, these collaborated communities of clear-thinking African-Americans, to use your term, mm -hmm. when you do that, then there's no break. In the process, there's a shared story. There's shared storytelling. The wisdom is broadly disseminated. We all get to actually bring what little piece, whatever we can, to this to this opportunity, to this process, to, to really change things for generations to come. It can't be about one person. Like it, for for my last year in 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 my life, I've had so many medical things happening. I was poisoned with black toxic mold. I think I told you I was in a tragic accident. Well. I, I can't be the only person who's That's leading right. this particular organization, but I realized we had to do exactly what you said, is bring the community behind us. Be sure now it's time to build a leadership team like you guys are doing. Now it's time to bring the community together. Now it's time to really showcase and actually move things forward in a way that we couldn't have had you not spent this quality time building these community relationships. Yes. It's exciting. So I'm going to press play. for. I think there's another three minutes here we're going to show, and we're, we're, which goes into um, Bayonne and you guys talking about RVLA. Ready? Mike? Awesome. Is there sound? Okay, well, it looks like there's no sound for some strange reason. 
So we will, again, this is live. When you yes. do a live show, we just keep it moving. That's, that's what right. we do. So I'm going to have you guys introduce yourselves because that's basically what you did. I got the slides that you leveraged. I'm going to go right into those slides. So that's what the universe calls changing the plan. Yeah. So we're going to go right with it. So Bayon, yes. I'm going to have you introduce yourself. Tell us who you are and tell us a little bit about why you're doing the work you're doing with Rainier Valley Leadership Academy. Um, yes. Yeah, so Bayon Coleman. Um, I was born and raised in Seattle, Washington. Um, my mother was a, um, she actually was a part of the uh, creation of the Black Panthers in Seattle, Washington. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm getting my coaching tips over here as I'm going. <laughs> so that's good. That's, I asked her before. Say? I asked her. We'll talk about it. But um, <laughs> no, so uh, I'm, I come from a family of 12 children. My mother was an educator. She was also a social worker. She got out of education because she felt like she was doing everything that she could to educate children, and they were not being educated properly. Um, growing up, there's no teenager that I have met that necessarily says they want to be just like their mother. So with my mother being in education, I was like, absolutely not doing that. Um, and I thought I was going to go to school to be an attorney. I thought I was going to eventually become a judge because even at an early age, I recognized that individuals who were in prisons were not reading at an eighth grade level and mm. that there was some connection between literacy and people who look like me being in jails. Mm -hmm. um, so I went to Howard University um, for two years and um, volunteered in the DC schools and whatnot, um, seeing that students could not decode simple three letter words. Um, and that was an issue for me. And I was, you know, just kept on making that connection back to, to the prison system. Um, everything that I did from that point was always around education, but the goal for me was is that I was going to become this judge who was going to do these intervention practices in this system to, to get our children out of prisons, basically. I worked for a couple of different um, organizations around education, and I was recruited by America Reads um, as their coordinator for the UW campus, and the person in charge of that was a um, graduate school professor. And he kind of sat me down and had a conversation. He was like, look, you know what you're doing. You understand what, what the end goal is. He was like, but what you're doing is has nothing to do with law. And at some point, you have to make a choice to either be intervention or prevention. Right, and everything yeah. that you're doing is prevention and education. And he was like, you know, you need to, to really look at that and stop running from it. All right. um, so at that point, I was like, OK, like I'm getting this degree in poli sci, but everything I'm doing is in education. So um, I just I allowed myself to submit to what God's plan was for me and to go mm. into education and really hold on to that. Uh, from that point, I worked in schools. Um, I was an administrator for nine years at a parochial school in Seattle um, worked for Rainer Scholars for four and a half years, um, actually founded one of the um, currently top charter schools in uh, the Washington state right now uh, and left because of inequity and tokenism. Um, Impact Public Schools uh, is, is a good school. Um, it was built and founded by myself and a couple of other individuals. Natalie Hester is one of them who helped found that school. And every single individual who was a person of color and in a role of leadership ended up leaving that school because of the tokenism and because of the inequity. So 
I walked away from that school after two years of founding it, putting blood, sweat, and tears in it, mm. working with Pranati Kumar, who was a phenomenal educator to do that work, um, built out their, their entire educational model and SEL model and whatnot, and stepped away from it because I had to make a choice of walking with my community or being com- compliant in what was happening to the capitalization off of our scholars. And so I chose to step away and walk away from our community. So I didn't have a job at that point. Like I was like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know (laughs) what I'm not going to do. Right. Wow. Um, The community came to me at that point and said, hey, would you be willing to apply for a position over here? I said, absolutely not, because there is another charter network who is over there who's doing a lot of the same work that was that my the CEO that I was with was modeling that off of. Elder Mason came to me and said, hey, I think this is what you need to be doing. <laughs> I don't normally say no to my elders, but I was like, nope, uh, not doing it, not doing it. So so, 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 Representative Don Mason came to you and said, we need strong leadership at Rainier Valley Leadership Academy. And you said, well, I think what's happening there now was what you had experienced in the past, that whole right. experience. And we, we've, we've been there. So, I, I, first of all, I just I want mean, to it's... pause to applaud you <laughs> because, to me, that's really the same journey that I'm on right now. Like yes. I felt like I was in a in a role within this organization, a role within a national organization where we're bringing people in from from the East Coast to the West Coast to be a part of a system that really was not designed necessarily to support us. Now, there's some people who are working in that space and making this better, but I felt like I had to be a part of the solution and not part of the problem. I felt like I could not just continue with the status quo. I couldn't. I just nothing in me that didn't make sense to me in any any way. Now I feel like, to your point, like we're on a very similar journey. If you think about it, it's called, you know, it's it's a crisis of conscience. Yes. Well, it's PTSD is what it comes down to. See, I I wasn't willing to address my own trauma, but that's a whole nother show. (laughs) We're going to talk about mental health on another show. But yes, absolutely. And and, and it is. And that was the reason why I said no, you know, because it was there's so much pain and trauma in that space. But the part that we don't always recognize is that those children who are in that building, the Mm. children who have to be who are the result of what that leadership looks like, they are the ones that are also suffering on a daily basis as well. And so I was like, I'm not going to step into this space and be another tokenized person and Mm -hmm. stand in front of these folks. Community came a couple more times. I was kind of like, no, I'm good. (laughs) Um, And then Elder Mason came to me and said, look, Pray on it, do what you need to do, but this is what you need to do. Because she said we're changing things. That right. was the difference. And that you and that s- was with what was expressed was is that through that the community had decided that mm. their the person who was over the the organization who was over their charter was no longer going to be over their charter. And at that point I was like, okay, this is gonna be a lot of work and not even understanding everything that was gonna be a part of it, but relinquish myself to say, if not if not me, if not a team that we bring in, then who else is going to do it? Because it's not going to be individuals, especially in Seattle. It's not going to be individuals who look like our children. Mm-hmm. So um, stepped into that space to do that and um, began the work of hiring a leadership team. That is two things. One, anti-racist, and that is also mirroring our scholars. Mm, so um, I love that. So it's it's been a lot of work, but this is where we are now, and so we are very very um, thankful to be here. And so I'll pass it over. And, to, you, and you're principal of the school. I'm the principal of the school. Um, yes. As I say, that's my principal. All right now. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> so first of all, thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for really serving as a model, a role model. Mm-hmm. I think because a lot of times we do just go with the flow. And, and and what what I love about you, Don, thank you for introducing me to this this organization, but these individuals. Because like you said, when, when you're with your like 
people, when you're with your, you know, your kind, mm -hmm. you feel it, you know, and, and you really know you can make a difference. So thank you. Just thank you all for what you're doing. So you talked about your team, Bayonne. Let's, let's yes. introduce this beautiful lady. Thank you. Yes. Oh, so. I'm Tanisha Williams. I'm the assistant principal um, at Rainier Valley Leadership Academy. Oh, let's go into the story of how I became to where I am. Um, I am the product of a bunch of educators. My mom was a special education teacher, um, and she taught for 25 years, mm. gave her, her heart and her life and her time to um, her students. Um, and she's no longer with us. Um, my freshman year in college, she passed away, oh, car accident. No. And that's what's a determining line for me wow. right then and there. I went from being a immature student that went to HBCU. Actually, I had a very rich Which one? childhood. Bethune-Cookman uh, University. Florida girl. Florida hey. girl. I am totally a Southern belle. Florida all right. girl and all the other things. Yeah, I knew I bless felt. Your heart. All bless those your things. soul. Okay. <laughs> all those things. But right there was the, um, the dipping point that yeah. changed everything in my life from wanting to go to school and be a veterinarian, which yes. is what I wanted to do, yes. to um, going in to say what she did not finish, I will finish. Mm, I love that. It was one of those things, my dad, I remember the night that he said to me, um, you know, you don't have to finish this road that you're on because I know this is really hard for you. Everything happens so quickly. And I turned to him in my great Sagittarius yes. way and said to him, no, she'll want me to be in college and finish this off. Right, so right. I'm going back a week later mm. and I went on and I finished off my degree right. in special education. Um, from there, I moved to Orlando, Florida, became a special education teacher, like ran with that. Um, became a wonderful dean, behavior specialist, moved to Hawaii um, after a while and became a behavior specialist for the um, west side of Kauai Island. Um, that rock was too small for me. All Could right not contain now. the Florida girl that was here. Um, <laughs> so I had to move on right. <laughs> to Seattle. And it's kind of like a drum roll that happened there because... Um, in my time of working in Seattle, things changed. Um, I, I had a fight in me before. Mm -hmm. I've always been much of a fighter, but um, that's my dad's, like, that's coming out of me. But um, once I moved to Seattle, things were really different. It was a culture shift. Mm. Um, coming from a place that was, like, rich in culture, you know, I grew up in Miami, um, like, was a melting pot of culture, you know, um, that I was not the only black teacher or I saw people, ch children look like right. me, teachers look like me. Right. Um, the children never said anything like the thing that I heard the first day I moved to Washington as a teacher. Uh, one of my students, Mr. Brooks is what I would call his name. He said to me, I never had a black teacher before. And wow. he was like, you're my first one. Or either some scholars were very excited to have me as a black teacher. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't want to just be known as the black teacher that they had, but there was more to me. And I was like, oh, that's, they're going to learn. <laughs> you know, there's mm -hmm. more to this woman than just being a black teacher. Um, but other than that, I also learned in Washington as a black teacher that you had to always um, explain yourself more than ever. As a black person. As a black person, a black teacher, a black anything. A black and so it was like, whoa, what is going on? And we're, and we're East Coast girls. Like yeah. you said, we're born in Florida, worked in Florida, too. But I had a very similar experience. Yes. Now, I do know it's, it's we're going to, we're going to have you guys back numerous times. Yes. Please, please know that. The only reason I'm going to pause and interrupt mm -hmm. because I know we got our East Coast. Uh, gentlemen. That takes you right to the East Coast, right? On, on the phone. <laughs> right over there. Exactly. And you said yes. you got daddy duty. So I'm gonna I'm yes. actually gonna flip to um let's see if we if he's still here. 
You should be. We're gonna we're gonna have you. Actually, I'm gonna have Bayon real quick. I'm gonna have you tell us a little bit about who is this guy and why is he. Um, how is he important to you? Why is he important to the process? And I think Don Mason, you're gonna talk about the national aspect. Let's let's kind of flow that way. Yeah. Perfect. So, um, Rockmon Branch is a part of culturally transformative teacher training. Um. Rockmon Branch is an amazing individual in and of himself. Um, he is my leadership coach. Oh. The reason why we um, actively sought out culturally transformative teacher training is because turnaround services in Washington State are not being done or practiced in any t- with they're not they're they're non-existent here. Um, we are not learning from our national partners who are doing this work. Um, at high levels and with high fidelity and consistency to actually produce high quality um, student outcomes. And so I um, spoke with some of my other colleagues, um, specifically shouting out Ayana Gore, mm-hmm. who is a principal in Seattle, Washington, black woman from Chicago. Wonderful person. Um, ex- amazing. amazing. And she actually did a lot of work with culturally um, transformative teacher training. We're going to call them CT3 because it's a mouthful. And so at that point, I started to look at all the different turnaround services and CT3 kept on popping up. And so um, had to fight to make sure that we got them. And so now Rockmon Branch um, now enters this story as as our leadership coach. Culturally transformative teacher training. Yes. Rockmon. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. I know. I, can you hear us? Yeah, I had to. Turn the mute off. The mute off. Thank you for having me. No, How you doing, Tracy? Thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you for all that you do. We're gonna have Don talk a little bit more about you. Uh, we're actually twenty minutes left on the show, so I just need you to share with us real quick. What is your CT three model? Why is that so important? Because part of the the objective for this show is to get get the community excited about the fact that we do have this is Gates money, right? Yeah. Paying for him. Mm-hmm. This is Gates Foundation money because they understand the value, yeah. right, of this type of capacity building, basically. So can you tell us what you're doing, why it's important? The first thing you said to me, I was like, okay, I need to have you on the show. What did you say about our kids and why it's important for our community to be engaged? So, yeah, I think ultimately what, what happens is uh, lots of times people come in with the best of intentions, air quotes, mm-hmm. right? And when they come in with the best of intentions, uh, you know, there's a there's a verse that says the path to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm-hmm. And so lots of times people miss the necessity of understanding a population that you're in service to. And that's I think that's one of the biggest uh, issues that lots of school turnaround models lack is an understanding by the adults of their position to serve young people. Um, and, I, and, I, and that comes from, you know, um, just a background in doing work in some of our, uh, what's considered some of our tougher schools. The work that um, that I often recognize happening in this ed reform space when we talk about mm-hmm. changing the lives of young people and all the cliches we hear about education, the new social justice movement and blah, 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 blah. Lots of times you have people coming into the work with a uh, with the savior's mentality, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, they, and they come up with the savior's mentality because they believe that our children are broken. Mm-hmm. And, and I think one of the biggest problems is that mentality, because when you come in with that, you're believing primarily you're in black and brown communities where you come with the savior mentality and you have a quiet, um, a, a tacit belief that 
black and brown children have a pre-genetic a genetic predisposition to failure. Mm. You know, and, and if we if we believe that black children have a genetic predisposition to failure, then we're going to come in treating them the way that we have been treating them. Um, but if we recognize that, in fact, there's nothing wrong with the children, and the issue is the adults and how they view these children of color and how they engage black and brown children, then we begin to fix the problem by fixing adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this, is, this is called broken. the A-Man Corner mm-hmm. in the South. <laughs> Amen, my brother. Keep, keep. So, so, so uh. the, the work is really in the work is really in fixing adults who have who have been mis, you know, miseducated themselves. I think the biggest challenge within fixing adults is that a lot of the, a lot of them don't believe they're broken because exactly. the, system, yeah. the system worked perfectly yeah. for me exactly. right so because, so so because what's it your worked problem? for me exactly <laughs> yeah. and, and lots of times that that culture work and that mindset work is done when people don't come from the communities that they serve mm-hmm. lots of times that happens when they don't even come from communities that have similarities to the population mm. that they're serving. Um, and if we want to just get down into the nitty gritty of it, lots of times this is the uh, this is the this is the savior mentality that comes from predominantly white society when they want to come and engage populations of black and brown people. It's a quiet belief that we can take care of you better than you can take care of yourself. Mm. And, and I think that's what we're really working on. Um, we you know we don't want to throw every adult away because again. They're well-intentioned people, mm-hmm. right? But but in working within that intention, we have to make sure that we change behavior, mm. change belief, change speech, change action, and, and really get the adult to recognize that there are social mores and there are, are you know community norms that you have to adhere to. Not come in and change them because you. Are- oh, we lost you. Was that that 40-minute cutoff? <laughs> I don't know what that was. But all I can say is we may have lost him. We got 15 minutes left. Uh, Rashmi, we're going to have you call back in if you can. You can call into the into the line. But what I would like to say is um, how many of you guys were amen and on that one? Dr. Hey, I know right. you got something to say. Don well, Mason. I had the pleasure of meeting Rachman last week. And he's an incredible man. But again, again, uh, being mentored and having protege. So we were talking, and he happened to mention Dr. Uh, Pedro Naguara, who was at NYU, and now he's at UCLA. Incredible educator, mm. trainer. Yes. Mm. And so he says, oh, yes, I worked with him. I said, of course you did. <laughs> you, and so, so I want to give a shout-out to Pedro, who will be coming here. We're going to have him come here and check us out. And he said he'll come any time that we ask. When he comes, we'll make sure we'll put him on the... And that is um, okay. We, we got him back. Mm-hmm. We, we got we we got him back. Um, can you say something? I can't hear you yet. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna uh, try to fix the the zoom. It looks like. Um, okay. So we don't we don't officially have you. We're gonna have you call back in on the phone because it looks like there are some other challenges happening here. So one thing I'd like to say. So Pedro was at the New York Commission on Charter Schools, and he quit that position. Because he saw everything that we saw here, he saw there mm. several years ago. So going into charter school work, I already had my eyes open on what to look for. Nice. So, uh, and we're looking for cronyism. We're looking for <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, lesser expectation. Um, people making mo- the colonialism of it. People right. making money 
on the resources they find in someone else's community and taking the benefit of that resource into their own community. That's all colonialism is, and that's what is happening. And so we're using just, rather than we're looking at a, rather than trying to fix the whole thing, if we create this model and show the excellence, nobody can deny that we can keep the education in community, keep the resources for the next generation in the community. And so um, Pedro came when we started charter schools Mm -hmm. here, and he spoke, and he was a speaker. And so I think I owe it to his experience that we can get this right. I like charter schools, but I cannot let our children uh, be harmed. When you close schools, there's trauma. Our children are sent hither and yon. They're traumatized when too many, the turnover in the teachers. If you look and there's a 75% turnover, this isn't a youth learning academy. It's a teacher training. The teachers come in. They have no experience. They get the experience. They do this professional Mm. development. They learn. They build their resume. They say, look, I worked in the inner city, and I Mm -hmm. worked with black and brown Mm -hmm. children. And then they leave. And they're leaving our community. Not Mm -hmm. even that they're white. They don't live in our community. So no one, we need Mm -hmm. whites who get this training to stay in the community, not just run as soon as you get it and build. It's resume building, which makes it a, it was a Rainier Valley Teacher Academy because there's 75% turnover. The teachers come, they say a year live. That's trauma to our children. They say, we, every year we come, there's new teachers. Mm-hmm. Well, that's ended. It's over. That's not happening anymore. Bayon said she's committed five years to building this school, so she can't leave. She didn't even sign the Bayon contract. Bayon and Tynesha. <laughs> and Tynesha, because that's a community Absolutely. contract. If she leaves now, she's uh, 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 has lied to the community, mm-hmm. and now she can't show up at the, the Esquire parties. Club and I all that kind of thing. Can't show up at the backyard barbecues. Nowhere. Can't show up to church. They says, oh, yeah, that's Bayonne, the betrayer. <laughs> <laughs> Bayonne, the betrayer. Right. The BB. Right, right. No, no, no. We're not doing that. Right. And so. Tynesha. <laughs> One thing I do want to pause yes. us and do, because I, yes. I want to make sure that we're honoring the individuals who are in the room, and this is really important to us in our school community, is making sure that we um, have Erica Mm-hmm. Carmichael introduce who she is for um, sure because when we talk about using a national approach um, we are actually looking at broadening to an international approach and Erica Carmichael is our English language coordinator who has um, come directly from us um, via Thailand and so she we sought her out she sought us out and it has been a beautiful thing so I want to make sure that she has an opportunity to introduce herself as well all right thank you um, yes, my name is Erica Carmichael, and I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I was teaching there for eight years, and then I decided, even in the uh, urban city that I was teaching in, that it had to be more um, to come out of the community. Um, a group of teachers and I, we did start a nonprofit organization, Neighborhood Enrichment Project, where we were tired of the public school system. And we decided to um, bring in mentoring programs into the school systems to help Mm -hmm. our students to succeed. So we monitored that for a while, and then we kept on um, running to a few roadblocks because uh, retaining staff for those type of uh, those group of students that we were working with. So I decided to see what else was going on around the world, and then I decided to uh, go to Dubai and work there for five years. 
And then from there, I went to Thailand and worked there for two years. So I spent the last seven years out of the country. And then I said my daughter wanted to come back to the States because she felt that she wasn't American because she did (laughs) not go to American schools. And so she was three years old when we left. And being in Dubai at the age of three, they learn um, Arabic and French Mm -hmm. at an early age. I love that. And then once we were there and we went to Thailand, um, she was learning Thai and Chinese. So other countries are teaching mm-hmm. at an early age two languages. I love that. At an early age. I love that. So, so we have a high caliber of teachers, mm-hmm. of administrators at this school, clearly. I think we have Rockman back on the phone. Yep, you got me. All right. This is great. So uh, we have, this is, is this the fastest hour of your life? We have yes. eight yes, minutes I left. Guess. Eight minutes left. So clearly, I will be bringing you all back on. The one thing I wanted to do, Rockman, before we got, we got eight minutes left. So I wanted the ladies to, real quick, um, Mike, if you can go to the three pillars. And this is the pillars of your transformation, right? We've already talked about it a little bit. You, you've talked, uh, Dr. Representative Don Mason, you've talked about this concept of a collaborative community. And that's what we're doing. We have support from a broad spectrum of our yeah. community. And it's growing. And it's growing. Mm-hmm. And it's and we have funding from the Gates Foundation, yes. which in itself says a lot about them. And I know we can we're gonna bring someone from Gates on and have them talk about why this is so important and why this capacity building is so important. And you can see the quality right. of the conversation we're having with just one of these these specialists that's supporting our work. So you have three pillars collaborative community, decolonization, and then activism. I wanna end on activism. Activism is about each of us taking responsibility to be a part of the solution. So I'm going to ask you guys, as we go around, right, part of this this purpose for today was to get people excited about the great work that's happening, to understand that we went from where, from a place of non-optimization and we're moving, we're transforming to a better place. So I'm going to have each of you talk about the why this is important and why should people get involved. So I'm going to start with you, Rockman, on the phone. Actually, no, I'm going to, talk, I'm going to start with, I mean, we're going to go this way. So I'm going to start with um, Tanisha. Assistant principal, we're going to got to go this way. That'll give me a chance to get him back on the screen. Not a problem. So tell me, activism. Yes. We want to get, we, in order for us to acknowledge the, the, the colonization that exists, in order for us to really focus on the collaborative community, we need to get people engaged. So talk mm-hmm. to someone face-to-face. Give them that one-on-one on why it's so important for them to get involved no and how they can be involved as well. Yes. So. we got five minutes, so I need you to do it in like 30, 40, seconds. 30 seconds. Okay. Got it. So if you want to come out to one of the one most wonderful schools, um, I would say, in the world, in the most beautiful black and brown students that are willing to work with you um, and just want you to be there, please come out to RVLA. We are, like, open to you being there. Um, come out, meet with me and Bayon, make a change. Um, the community, you're invited. It takes all of us to be together in order to make this change. Come out and be with us. Thank you. Perfect. You guys are looking at this camera right here, by the way. Hello. Thank you. So we're having you look right here, pretty lady. Okay. That camera right here. Oh, okay. Yes. So um, on the way here, uh, Trevor Noah had Oprah had Oprah on um, his 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 show. I was so excited. I saw Tracy and says, "Oh my goodness, this is us. <laughs> this so is they us." Were talking about the school that she opened up in South Africa, and what she opened in South Africa is exactly what we're doing here. And I have forgotten what she had done. Mm. And everything, she was talking about her book. All that Oprah is doing 
is we're doing. And she was speaking how she raised the whole generation of children mm. on her four o'clock show. You go home and You're watch right. Oprah. I was one I of those. Oprah, my, myself too, and, <laughs> and the kids. And so we are, we're, there's Oprah in the macro, huge. Everyone knows Oprah, mm-hmm. but there's us. Mm. You know, so when, I mean, I'm recognized, I have influence. So why not bring that influence to this work? I made a decision to ed- bring my voice to educate all children mm. based on something that happened to my daughter. She was suspended from school in eighth grade. She's 45 years old now, mm-hmm. a very long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I said that if they're doing this to my daughter, what are they doing to the other children? See. But this is Dawn Mason's daughter. See. And she's brilliant. See. So I said I would be a voice and a difference for every child. Mm. And so everything I do, as I build schools, this isn't the first school I've been. We have first place early learning center. I will do this. And Gates invested in that years ago. And we and we showed them what we can do. And that's why they're investing mm. again. They know what we can they, do. They know, they know what we can do. And, and, they're, and they're doing the right thing. And they're doing super, right. super exciting. Yes. Miss, um, uh, we're going to go backwards real quick if we can. Real quick, you got literally 10 seconds now. Uh, I would like for everyone to get involved so that we can have the next leaders be culturally um, exposed to different countries, different languages um, that is necessary as we move forward in the future. Thank you so much. Bayonne. I'm going to keep it real brief. Um, but essentially, we're not the ones who are going to create the change that we want to see as the adults in this room. Our children are. Mm-hmm. Um, our scholars are the ones who are going to save us from ourselves, and our children are the, going to be the ones who dismantle systemic oppression with the right cultiva- cultivation in that space. Yes. So that's what we're here to do. I love it. Okay, now I was going to, I have to introduce my one of my favorite people here. So this is Trey. Trey's been on the show numerous times. He doesn't want to speak today. He has a little cold. He doesn't have Coravi- Cor- Corona. 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 <laughs> Uh, he does that he does that but um so we are going to um offer up the last minute and a half to my friend on the phone east coast can you please share with us why this why activism is so important and you're talking to an individual looking straight into the camera tell us why should others get involved and how can they be a part of this solution why does it take the entire community to make this work uh, the job of, of of black people, in my opinion, is to make sure the next generation is better than us. Mm-hmm. And if your investment isn't around making sure the next generation improves upon us, better can cover a whole lot of ground. Then you know I uh, I thank those people for their time and, and ask them to the door. I think uh, for those who see an opportunity and believe that you know black and brown children deserve that opportunity. This is their time to actually do something, right? And so uh, I think one of the things that RVLA has is a population of adults um, in their leadership who are are poised to really uh, drive change Mm. for a small crop of children now that's going to ultimately grow into a, you know, an exemplar for, you know, school transformation throughout the country. I think they uh, they are positioned with the right mindset create young people who learn how to advocate for themselves. That activism is really driving young people to a place where they can, um, my father used to, uh, told me once that as an educator, I'm not going to change the world. But I'm going to change the mind that changes the world. I, I, lo- I love that. I love that. This is important. First of all, we're out of time. We're going to obviously have you all back. We end the show with four simple words. We say it's all bigger than me. So we- real quick, hands out people. Remember, get involved because why? 
It's all bigger than me, baby.